0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com.
0: I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. we we'll
2: Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's April 12th, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. We've got a great show tonight. We've got some new brewers, the guys from Kings County Brewers Collective in Brooklyn, and some established guys, uh, Sam Hendler and Tim from Jack's Abbey in Massachusetts. It's a pretty special show. and how are you?
3: Yeah, I'm great. I'm excited for this show. Jack's Abbey's in New York now, finally. And you know,
2: we, pl- we plan to have Bc on for a while because they're opening up soon in... Uh, in brooklyn and then the other day justin said that uh, sam was down from jack's abbey and then and, and they're launching in uh in new york so uh so let's t- tell us what's going on sam we, we love jack's abbey and it's uh one of our favorite peers from massachusetts so you guys are just coming into the new york city market
4: yeah thanks for having me on yeah we're uh we're just launching in new york city we've we did an event last week we have a couple this week and uh full launch of draft will start next monday so all right and
2: Tim, you're you're the rep for uh, Jack's Abbey. I am indeed. All right, and uh, wh- what's your experience like starting off in New York City?
5: Uh, it's been a uh, pretty pretty busy to start. I started in uh, September of last year. I worked for another brewery, and um, now starting with these guys, it's been a month so far, and um, just doing a lot of pre-selling. And I'm very excited to actually be selling
2: some beer next week. That's great. <laughs> and I, I think you've met these guys already too, haven't you?
3: Yeah, and you know, um, one of the events you guys did was la- uh, last week was at the Blind Tiger, and it was great because I came in the day after and got to just. Very calmly taste almost everything on the wall, and, and, you know, it's impressive. Not a lot of people do lagers, and, um, you know, obviously it's all you guys do, and they were just really good.
4: Thank you. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference is a lot of people do do lagers, but typically it's, you know, we have our token Pilsner, we have our token... Well, generally pilsner and we we want to bring a lot of the spirit that you see all over craft breweries all over this country you know we don't care about styles no no craft brewer does it seems generally and we want to bring that spirit to lagers let's do crazy things with lagers sometimes let's make hoppy lagers let's Let's have some fun with it. That's
2: awesome, man. We're going to have a great show together. And the guys, the new guys on the block, mm-hmm. Kings County Brewers Collective, you guys introduce yourselves because you're all, uh, to me, some of my favorite New York City brewers. And hey, I'm Pete Langell.
6: And I'm Tony Bellis.
2: And I'm Zach Kinney. And we're going to have a great story with you guys tonight. But, but first, let's sum it up. You guys were award-win home brewers, all of you. Right,
7: yeah, well, I mean, you know at various times, you know the Zach here, so we um I think it all happened a little bit uh, a little bit differently, but um at a similar common thread, which is we all kind of started brewing when we got to New York. none of us are originally from here, and decided, all right, we're in this city with no space. Let's make beer because we have you know this hobby that's gonna take up all that space um, and it's a great community here, and uh, we all really I think uh, got the bug and felt like. You know what the city needs is more breweries, <laughs> and um, you, you know what else? It's really, really hard to do that in New York City. That's why there aren't very many. So, you know, long story short, we all decided to uh, join forces and uh, create the uh, KCBC, you know, the brewery, Brewers Collective together.
2: All right, and when are you guys going to be open?
7: Um, you know, soon. Uh, it's we're we're in the last kind of throes of construction right now. Um, and uh, brew should be online in May, and looking to have beer in the tanks and you know in your glasses this summer. So,
2: all right, well, let's let's taste the beer, in hand. So, Sam, Jack's Abbey House Lager. It's a nice lager. What do you guys think, gentlemen?
4: Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: great. So, wh- why did you guys decide to uh, specialize in lagers?
4: Yeah. So. Um there's a lot of parts to that. One is it's just the beer we love to drink. Um, but there definitely is a component of it that, you know, there are breweries opening every day. They're literally every day, it seems like. And uh, not many of them, as far as we know, we are the only ones who are brewing exclusively a wide variety of lagers. And to have that point of differentiation is... Is a great thing. It's you know, it's something that we're doing. We're doing pretty much by ourselves, and there aren't many things in the craft beer world left that you can say you're one of the few people doing this. Well, your backstory
2: is pretty interesting. So, so your your brother Jack is is really the brewer.
4: Yep, my brother Jack is the brewer. Um, and
2: where where did he study? Because I feel like he's he's got some German connection in there.
4: Yeah, he did the uh, the Siebel Domens uh, brewing technology course. Um, so he did a couple months of school in Chicago at Siebel, and then he went over to Domens in Munich and did some classes there as well.
2: Did you think did that influence him and in that he's, he's focused on making lagers?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know he he fell in love with great German brewers. In Munich, uh, it's pretty hard not to if you spend some time in Munich, yeah. and uh, it's it's a lot of that that culture that we want to bring to drinking our beer. We want really approachable and crushable beer, but still really fantastic beer, complex beer, fantastic beer.
3: Yeah, it's nice that you're launching right before the uh 500th anniversary, right? So there's all these German events going on throughout the city, and this is a good time to have a new lager
2: brewery. Yeah, how do you guys feel about that, the Rein- Reinhardt's
3: the uh, German
2: purity law, which sounds really kind of, could be racist or something, but <laughs> we know it applies to beer, gentlemen.
4: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of mixed feelings about it. It's, uh, you know, there's a beauty in the simplicity of it. Um, you know, we don't claim to brew to Reinhardt's Um We use techniques and we use uh, products that don't just fit into those categories. I mean, the people think of it as four ingredients. When it was originally written, it was three ingredients. Right. It was water, malt, and hops. They forgot yeast because they didn't know it existed when they wrote <laughs> it.
3: Um,
4: so they're so, already breaking it. Yeah. Modern brewing, we have certain things. We We correct for pH in our mash. We use ingredients that aren't uh, approved by Ryan Heitzke but we really feel like, you know, we can kind of move beyond that. If we're we're staying to in our mind, we're staying to the in a lot of our German style beers anyway. We're staying to the the uh, the feeling of the law, if not the letter of the law.
2: And at at Blind Tiger, uh, how many different Jacks Abbey beers did you get to try
4: last week?
3: There was a lot. I think, what did you guys do, 20, 20? I
4: think it was 20 or 21 on tap. Yeah,
3: 20 oh, to 21. Yeah. Oh, awesome. uh,
2: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, talking to the mic.
3: <laughs> and then, and it's everything. You know, it's like this was one of the most impressive. The house lager, just a really clean, really flavorful Hellas. But, you know, you've got the mole barrel-aged Baltic port. I mean, it ranged from, you know, the simplest to the most unique and interesting. So it's cool. It's a good lineup.
4: So you right make a porter, too. Yeah, Baltic Porter. So Baltic Porter, kind of odd style in that while Porter would be brewed with an ale yeast, Baltic Porter actually more traditionally would be brewed with a lager yeast. Um, so, yeah, we do a Baltic Porter a 10% ABV black lager. Um, and the, the We also do a barrel-aged version of it, which we're actually just releasing this year's barrel-aged version at the brewery this week. Um, which ends up at about thirteen percent and we do a couple of variants including mole, maybe my favorite with cinnamon and four chili peppers in it.
2: Sounds pretty good.
3: Yeah, does this yeah, affect nice. the price or I mean this might be a silly question, but you know, price or production space or, or are there any downfalls to doing specifically lagers if you're not a huge brewery?
4: Uh, I mean, it kills your capacity. It's really, really yeah. brutal. We, uh, You know, we're, our average turn time is around the month on a tank. Um, house lager is actually five weeks, which really hurts because that's becoming our number one volume brand really quickly. Um, so we essentially, you know, the brew house, it's the same. If you want to make X number of barrels, you need X size of brew house. So you need to brew y number of times uh for the fermentation side though we essentially need approximately double the fermentation space of a typical uh ale focused craft brewery which would typically obviously it depends turn over a batch in two weeks maybe 20 days on the high end um but it allows us to do some really cool things. All of our beer is naturally carbonated, uh, so we don't force carbonate any of our beer at the brewery anymore. Even in the keg. Uh, so it's naturally carbonated in the tanks. We use a traditional German technique called spunding, mm-hmm. where we actually pressurize the tank at the tail end of fermentation, and allow that end of fermentation to carbonate the batch.
2: Now, what these guys, awesome. K- mm-hmm. KCBC guys, Pete, <laughs> get closer to. So tell us what spunding is from. Uh, do you know what spunding is?
8: Spunding is kind of it's kind of like bottle conditioning a beer. You're maintaining when you get down to the last couple degrees plato, you you seal the fermenter like Max just said, you build pressure in there and it keeps the CO2 in the beer instead of letting it escape. So it's naturally carbonated beer. Germans do it because it's Reinheitsgebot. Or they capture the CO2, purify it, and then put it back in. But they can't take purified CO2 taken from the atmosphere and put it into a beer.
2: So so, so Pete, you, you and Zach, you guys both uh, studied at the American Brewers Guild, right? Yeah, and Tony as well. All three of us Tony, did. Tell us what that program's like and, and some of the things that you've learned from it.
6: Um, it's a, what, a six or seven month um, intensive uh, brewing science program. So, I mean, it's it's nuts to bolts, um, you know everything you could want to know about the science of brewing um, you know from everything from ingredient selection to um how to fix a pump <laughs> you know and it really like you know it's it's kind of everything you would you would need to know to work in a brewery and brew beer yeah malting
8: uh yeah, carbonating a beer, just all the stuff that's a little different when you step up to pro-brewing from home-brewing and stuff. But even stuff you don't need to know to make beer, like the malting was, for me, pretty interesting.
7: Yeah, Steve Parks is the guy who runs it up in Vermont. He's got a, a brewery up there. Um, great brewer, great teacher, has all kinds of guest lectures from, from again, all over the world who um, also kind of teach, teach specific courses. And um, I was just up there in Vermont visiting him the other day. Um, you know he's kicking ass, making some great beers, and still just a really all around great guy.
2: So uh, Sam's brother Jack went to Siebel. What do you guys know about Siebel? Because that's that's been around for a while. One of the more it's like the evil
7: evil school of evil people. Who are <laughs> evil.
6: No, I think I mean Siebel, American Brewers Guild, um, UC Davis program. I think those have kind of been the three, you know, big players in the U.S brewing scene. Um, Now, amazingly, there's all these brewing schools opening up as the craft beer industry has been blowing up. Um, There's more and more people wanting to study it and make it a profession. I, you know, the waiting list, for instance, at American Brewers Guild was multiple years to take the brewing course. Um, And I think it still is, Um, you know, so now there's all these other schools coming online. And it's really cool. I mean, there's now um, people graduating from high school Deciding to go to brewing school, even though some of them are still a few years away from actually legally being able to drink. <laughs> but, um, you know, are now going and studying brewing science and looking at this as a profession. I never saw it as a possible profession. I used to go to Brooklyn Brewery all the time and go, God, this this is so cool. But it took me years to actually, like, really, you know, decide, oh, wait a minute. I I could also quit my job and go to brewing school and make a career change. So
3: Yeah, and they're, they're pulling up, you know. Brewing pro- like programs in culinary schools, like CIA yeah, yeah, just launched yeah, that. Yeah. You know, there's so many different aspects of the business, not just brewing. Oh yeah, which is is great. Yeah,
7: great. I know and then you know, at least at least there are you know with with the proliferation of these programs, again, more brewers are learning more um, how to make
2: really good beer, and quality is obviously critical right now. Well, talk about what's in the glass, uh, Sam. Tell us about this one, the Hoponius Union. Yeah, so, so you're making lagers, but you're making IPLs.
4: Hoponius Union IPL. This is you know one of our flagship beers it's our number one seller currently uh it's the third beer we ever brewed and it was really this beer that um you know the day we opened we didn't think we'd only brew lagers and when we released this beer there was a really strong reaction to it in the boston beer scene and kind of people wondering what the heck we were doing, um, and this that reaction is really what pushed us farther towards saying, you know what, let's really do this, do it all the way. It's also really good. So. What do you guys? <laughs> you guys, yeah. you're,
2: the, you're like the New York scene. You guys, and you're also like started out award winning home brewers, and you worked in a lot of breweries. What do you, what's your take on a lager only brewery? I mean, I
7: it's ballsy I've, man. It's really ballsy. Yeah,
2: I mean, I discovered these guys when they
6: opened. My my wife's family lives in the town right next door to Framingham. Med, she, she grew up in Medway, Massachusetts, and kind of discovered Jacks Abbey by accident, just because we were like, "Hey, there's a brewery around here." And um, yeah, I thought it was ballsy. I mean, just knowing from a brewing production standpoint, um, like Sam was talking about. To be able to make only lagers, you know, time-wise and space-wise is
2: a huge undertaking. You know, last summer, the best beer I had, it was made by Travis at Folk's Beer, Justin's buddy, and it was his special. He made it one batch only of a Pilsner, Mm -hmm. that rock, and he said, it it killed me. He said, just holding that that beer was something he couldn't replicate but I was like, that's the beer you should make. So maybe you guys are, are on to something.
7: Huh. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I, <laughs> I hope, hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah.
7: there's, some, there's, some, there's some reputable lager breweries in the U.S. that have been around for a while that seem to be doing away okay for themselves. So, you know, it seems like it could work.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I could smell this across from across the room as soon as we opened it. Mm-hmm. it it's that dry hop
4: really? yeah dry hop with citra and centennial mm. um, obviously citra is kind of like cheating but um, it Cheer it off. makes a beautiful beer it still has that clean crisp lager finish but uh yeah you get all the nice tropical you, you know who's the right most on?
2: excited person to beer
4: Mr. Zach Kinney I love beer I love KCBC. beer KCBC <laughs> and we're gonna come back and talk
2: more about it with these guys in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio alright right on yeah.
1: And the song's called French Entrance by Teeth People. We'll be right back. In 1996, L-Knife Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade, as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalogue of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions
2: Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We've got Mr. Jack Inslee in the studio today. Welcome back, Jack, our, like, super, like, executive producer, engineer, the guy that's made this whole Heritage Radio Network happen. And check it out on Friday if you're in New York City between 4 and 7 in the East Village at Root & Bone. You can go and support Heritage Radio Network. It's a chicken biscuit party. For what?
1: five bucks, you can
3: kind of taste
1: of some chicken biscuits. Is that, what, is that what it is, Jack? Is there anything else going yeah, on? Yeah, it's a free admission, and it's a, a fried chicken biscuit throwdown. So they're like two competing chef teams, and it's $5 per chicken biscuit.
2: But if you're in, it's it's, on East 3rd Street near Avenue B, Root yeah. & Bone. Root and bone, you got it. Important Heritage Radio Network. I'm going to be there. I Sounds like biscuits, awesome. you know. I, I might be there, too. Yeah, everybody's excited <laughs> now, right? <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll have to drink beer at Jimmy's Number 43 afterwards. You <laughs> there know, you right? go. Yep. Of course. So we got, we got some great brewers in the room. We, we got uh, the guys from Jack's Abbey, Mr. Sam himself, and the new cool guys that are just about to open Kings County Brewery Collective here in uh, Brooklyn. So, Zach, you had a question for Sam about what yeast lagers yeah or well, i was just lagers. curious with
7: the you know um you guys are obviously just brewing lagers there are you using multiple strains of lager yeast or are you uh, kind of living with just one
4: we use one yeast strain right. yeah for all of the bad that was- things that come with <laughs> making only lagers uh buying yeast like once every <laughs> six to eight weeks is a beautiful thing. That's, That's nice. <laughs>
8: Are you doing different fermentation profiles, different
4: firm temps on them? We do. Um it depends a lot on the you know, what we're looking for from the beer. The German styles were fermenting lower and slower. Uh when you look at our really hoppy beers we're trying to get them out of the tanks a little bit quicker so we're fermenting just a little bit warmer so nice let, let's talk about lager, lager
2: styles how about this so lagers we like this house lager you're calling it a hellas like some other traditional like styles of beer keller beers vickles are, are you guys really going old school or you're trying to just mix yeah
4: it i mean we're trying to do a little bit of everything we've done keller's uh we have a a Partially smoked Schwartz beer is part nice. of our year round awesome. portfolio. I think
3: that was one of my favorites on the list. Yeah, smoke and dagger. Smoking it's dagger beautiful.
4: That a, um like it's about ten percent of vireman Beechwood smoke malt. Uh, other than that, it's a really traditional short Um we've done smokeless dagger before as well, which is just straight Schwartz beer, which I love. Um
2: Yeah, I love this. We though,
4: do too. Yeah. We do a Dunkel Lager, we do a Meritsen, we do a Doppelbach, we do a Maybach, we do uh, a lot of different... There, I mean, you can only get so far through the traditional German-style lagers. It's interesting, too. Uh, American craft beer drinkers often don't really pick up on some of the subtle differences between styles. So we'll do... You know, at the same time, we have a Pilsner, a Helles, and a Maybach on in the beer hall right now. And we get a lot of people in the beer hall who you really have to give them all three side by side to get them to come through some of the differences between the styles. And so much of the different styles of German brewing are really subtle differences. Um, so, trying to bring teach people some of that subtlety as opposed to american styles american crapper like <laughs> subtlety is not exactly what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> the first concern amongst american crappers typically
2: <laughs> sam where are you guys in massachusetts
4: uh framing massachusetts just west of boston
2: it sounds like fun so gentlemen now you guys kcbc you guys pour, pour your beer and i'll take a little moment to introduce so pete to me you're one of the the face is New York City beer, because I, I saw you at, at Finback, Rockaway. Tell us a little bit about, about yourself, and if you don't want to, Zach will tell us about <laughs> it, because <so. laughs> he wants to talk. I love- Zach's good at talking. Um,
8: uh, yeah, I've been in the brewing scene for a while here, I guess. Started out at Greenpoint Beer Works, Brooklyn Brewery, Finback Brewery, and Rockaway. Now KCBC. Um, I guess, yeah, like Zach said earlier, home brewing was my start. Got the bug, got it bad, and then I knew. No,
2: you're a real pro. And whenever I see Pete, I'm like, whoever, whoever he's brewing, that brewery's going to be solid. So congratulations, man. And this other guy, Tony over here. So hey, what, you, you, you got trained at Starbucks? That's what <laughs> it says on. in the notes.
6: That was a long time ago. Uh, hey, that's how I, I learned how to run a business, uh, You know, managing coffee shops. Um, but, yeah, um, actually one of my first craft beers was... Uh, when i first started there they, they they all of a sudden showed up with cases of a beer that starbucks uh had starbucks coffee and a beer that red hook made before red hook uh became what they are now so that was kind of a you mean like yeah 20 it was like years ago or something yeah no oh this was 20 years ago at this point uh yeah people didn't
7: know a coffee and beer together was even could be good that was actually 96 <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: so um yeah you so Sam, like, you're in the room with the old guys <laughs>
6: Yeah, so um no yeah, s- same thing started off as a hobby, you know, home brewing and quickly realized like I knew I wanted to start a business someday. I kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit and decided I wanted to, you know, want to open a brewery someday. Went to brewing school, uh learned that and then um got a brew- got a got a job flipping kegs at Greenpoint Beer Works and worked my way Kelly up. Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Taylor, the sensei of New York City. <laughs> um and worked my way up to being the the lead brewer there. And um, I was there almost three years, I think, and uh, left there in November to do KCBC full-time and
2: um, working on finishing this brewery up. That's great. And then, Zach, for you. So it's Kings County Brewers Collective. So what's the collective aspect? You had some other ideas originally.
7: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think the uh, the, – the original plan was that it would be more of kind of a brewery incubator um, and that it would kind of be just more of a, a physical space. New York City's tough, man. I mean, real estate is ridiculously expensive. You need a lot of space to, you know, brew on a large scale, and that's where it becomes efficient and actually profitable. Um, so the idea originally um, that I think Tony actually came up with was that this could be kind of this co-op. You know, multiple, you know, uh, a brewery you know, c- you know, companies could come out of the same place and use the same facilities. Logistically, even running that is is really complicated. And, you know, um, I think there were five people originally, a couple people left, uh, a couple more people joined, they left, ended up with um, Tony and Pete, and and I actually was actually working with another partner of mine on on a space in in Manhattan. Real estate there fell through, and I knew these guys and felt like, you know, huh, this could be actually a really good fit. You know, Pete's got a, a background in science. Um, worked in a lab for a long time before he started a brewery. Tony's been, you know, business owner or, or sorry, you know, running some Manager. businesses, managing businesses. And um, I've worked in advertising and marketing for a really long time. So it felt like between that and we all love to make beer, if we all work together, we can still have separate kind of recipe design and that's kind of how we're planning to operate, is that we're each gonna rotate you know who gets to come up with what the next beer is but we're going to all work together to make really good beer you know it's going to be about quality and variety and then hopefully a community as well i
2: think you guys hit it because i remember when you first were. T- how long have you been talking about this collective oh, at least God. two
7: years right oh longer than that i mean
6: pete and i met um five years ago um and soon after started talking about this idea and um yeah it's morphed i mean as we started you know as we started drawing up a business plan and you know You know, as as much as it's a a passion project, you also have to run a business. You know, and as we kind of, you know, start crunching the numbers and looking at what margins are, we realized, oh, we've got to we've got to brew more beer if we're going to actually be able to do this in New York City. I'm I'm glad you guys
2: are where you are today, because originally I just thought, oh. Collective, it sounds like oh, a bunch of home brewers are going to kind of yeah. self-promote <laughs> themselves to be pros, and and I think this is way better because you guys are, are a great team, and I know you guys make good beer.
7: And we're and we're also just down the street here in Bushwick, which is also a really exciting you know opportunity for us. You know we're um, we we looked forever for for real estate, and um, you know this neighborhood has a long tradition of brewing, and and um, you know we're excited to you know, fall things continue. Knock on wood. Um, will be the first brewery to to, Rio, to to open in, in Bushwick and operate in this neighborhood in 30 years. So I think that'll be kind right. of cool. Okay, so
2: Zach and Crew, so we got some tough tastes. We got Anne Becerra and Sam from Jack's Abbey. This is the first time we're all tasting your beer. There's
7: a pilot brew that uh, Pete brewed. Pete, you want to tell us a little bit about this beer?
2: It's a, Yeah,
8: it's a 7.4% Saison, simple malt bill, uh, Pilsner. And white wheat, about twenty percent white wheat. It's French saison yeast, fermented at seventy-two, and it has some pomelo and lime zest in the boil. Okay. Other than that, it's just bittering hops. Very simple beer. Nice. It's Thanks. lovely
3: super refreshing too yeah there's a lot of complexity and this is the kind of beers that i love to have on you know at bars because they're so welcoming and they're not going to scare anyone they're complex and they're elegant but it's not like oh my god what is this thing you know it's a very easy sell well done we have, we have a
4: lot of those what is this thing
7: beers too that we <laughs> yeah
4: really refreshing do you say 7% it's 7.4 yeah it's kind wow. of a sleeper wow yeah Damn. i did That's another one
8: impressive. at the same time i did a 5% kind of doing a comparison
4: And
7: a lot a lot of what we want to try to be able to do, I mean it's gonna take tanks and and time, but you know, we we really wanna focus on you know, being able to help educate people. And, and again, we're, we're going to be working behind the bar, talking about the beers that we're making there. I think that's one of the great things about being in a brewery as opposed to, you know, just going to a bar. Although I love going to bars. Um, sure. <laughs> you know, being able to, to talk to the people who make the beer, uh, I think it's kind of a cool thing. So,
3: Are you going to open it up to more collaborations with, you know, outsiders? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's,
7: that's
6: you know, one of our big focuses is collaborating you know and i think traditionally brewers are always collaborating with brewers you know and we're really interested in not only doing that cuz that's super fun but you know doing collaborations with all kinds of people whether it's chefs or artists or musicians you know like I, you know my favorite band comes to town i want to hit them up and be like you guys should come by the brewery and we should make a beer
4: together yeah or, look what Gun Hill's
3: doing with uh, hamilton i mean there's yeah, so yeah. many different ways to collaborate well it's tell so us cool. about that
6: Ann.
3: well i just know enough that the happy hour guys had this idea you know to have Different local breweries collaborate with different Broadway shows and then use it for, you know, several different causes and for good, you know, good causes. And That's I think it's awesome. just so, and of course, so, and we're going to yeah. start so with Gun Hamilton, making like, a beer hello. with Hamilton. Gun The Hull Cast is, of Hamilton. Yep. Well, maybe not the whole cast, but with them as, yeah.
2: Wow. I know. you have anything like that going on in the Boston area?
4: Brewers
3: collaborating. No,
2: uh we do
4: we do collaborate generally with other brewers uh, that kind of piques my interest here and i'm really curious Let's to hear how that goes
7: come on
2: come on
4: but you guys have like you're like the
2: like framingham mass that's like kind of like the new england patriots like rob gronkowski is he making a beer oh, wait, uh,
4: <laughs> i uh i don't think rob gronkowski's style is necessarily craft beer um yeah i'd I Enough about so. football <laughs> Don't worry All right
2: So the, and all, you, know, you guys are making lagers And this is a great saison So I, I, I feel that, that Those are both two styles That are, are people Really going to be open to I mean Are you seeing more saisons Anne?
3: Yeah And that's a style That we always keep on And it's just Again it's They're so complex And they're so lovely But they're not scary or they're not too intimidating and you know it works for people on all levels if you can Mm -hmm. notice like you were saying those little subtleties that someone like you know people like us would really appreciate but it's not going to go over you know a more novice drinker's head so it works i know zach brought
7: more beers too i did i did uh next up on deck is a strawberry guava berliner weiss which is uh you know (laughs) uh also i would say i would say you know approachable um although it's it's definitely tart so you know
2: um
7: we'll open that next
3: yeah, and the air conditioner is broken in here, so that's perfect oh, for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice that's and right refreshing. <laughs> so,
2: Zach, so you guys, as you can do the popping and pouring, but um, you know, when you roll out of the gate, I'm sure you'll be open by summer of 2016. Correct. Um, what are some of your first beers going to be?
6: Yeah, some of our um, yeah, we we kind of first beers we got kind of eight that we're looking to launch with. I mean, like Zach had talked about, you know, we're looking at having a wide variety of beers and. Um, Pete's you know, got the list. Yeah, Pete's got the list. Um, so we're really gonna we're gonna launch with an IPA, uh, double IPA, um, uh, hoppy single malt, single hop pale ale, um, lemon zest saison, uh, 100% Brett saison. Uh, that's coming from Mister Zach Kinney over here. He's uh, loves loves those. What the, about the fruit
2: and beers? This is a strawberry Berliner, Weiss? Yeah, yeah.
6: So then, so there's we're gonna do a raspberry Berliner. Um, that's gonna be one of the launch beers, and then. Uh, we're going to do a Gratzer as well, 100% oak-smoked wheat, um, real awesome. sessionable summer beer. bops are flying. Um, so we're looking at, you know, we're, we're going to be launching in June, you know, so as you notice, our, our lineup's pretty summer-focused. Um, it's nothing dark in the lineup, um, you know, so I think once, once fall rolls around, we'll start, you know, easing into some of the bigger, maltier stuff, but I think we're going to have a, a, a nice, uh, nice, crushable summer lineup. It's and pretty uh, nice,
4: isn't it? Jack Jacksonville. style, we're doing a Pilsner too. Oh, a There hop we go. <laughs> what hops are you using in the hop back for the pills? Well, uh, something
7: unusual. Something a little bit different. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're playing around. I mean, we're looking, you know, we original idea was some heritage saws from upstate New York. Uh, we're trying to see if we can get enough of it. But nice. um, if not that, then something um, I think pretty awesome the box. All
2: right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yes. <laughs>
1: more music from Teeth People. We'll be right back on Beer Sessions...
2: Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Guess what's happening? May third, Tuesday night, <laughs> the cast of Hamilton's no, coming here no, with no, Gun no. Hill and Jimmy Lubick. Is that happening? Did you organize that? I don't that?
3: think that's happening just yet. Let's hold off. I don't want to. Maybe set. we'll.
2: We can't give a Hamilton ticket giveaway. But <laughs> think about just these Broadway shows. When they do the giveaways, you still have to buy the ticket. I'm fine you know? with that.
7: I'm trying. Hey, yeah. if, you, if you can buy a ticket to that show, that's yeah. that's even yeah, a
2: Maybe one day we'll do like a. You know, uh, some other president who liked beer. <laughs> oh, the Obama show when he retires. Obama exactly. will invite home to Broadway, and that'll be a show. Oh, that's perfect. You guys yeah. will be rocking. Obama can come. Let, brew. Let's say, it. It. let's talk about fruit and beer because you guys made a strawberry Berliner Weiss. Right. And I've noticed there's a lot of IPAs go off. A lot of IPAs. Like Victory has an agave IPA with what grapefruit. grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had another one. Uh, Southern Tier had one the other day. What do you guys think about? It seems like, you know, Ballast Point has a pineapple, sculpin, or whatever.
6: Jack Savvy has a whole whole lineup of fruity uh, barrel-aged.
4: Yeah, we've been playing around with fruit for a long time. It's not something we've ever really done on a large scale. um, But on the smaller scale, uh, we love it with sour beers, you know, after something has aged for a really long time on wood super super dry get a little bit of fruit on it at the end give it a little bit more sweetness right before it goes into the bottle um but we've also been playing around with leisure time our uh our wheat lager uh doing that with blood orange and that's actually for the last month our number one seller in the beer hall it, it's, um, I mean, it's
2: nice. This, even the strawberry Berliner Weiss.
3: I is could nice. drink this all day.
2: But yeah. what, how do you? Every how day. do you work Next with month fruit
4: we and have beer? a cranberry Berliner Weiss? We out.
2: know about you know like some lambics, but how do you make? Beer with fruit.
3: I mean,
6: the cool thing is that you can do it in many ways, just like hops. You know, sometimes, you know, you'll you'll you have early edition hops, late edition hops, a dry hop. You can work with fruit the same way, which is cool. I mean, you can you can you can have fruit in your boil. You can throw fruit into the whirlpool. You can put it in the fermenter. You know, so and you kind of get a different result depending on where you put it you know, into the last process. last week. Yeah, I was up in
2: uh, Hudson Valley. was at Plan B. You guys know Plan B. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. He's in awesome Pukipski, stuff. and you know, he had a beer called Bartlett, and he was like, it was a sour beer and at the end he puts in pears mm-hmm.
6: that's oh, that sounds great <clears throat> I wanna you can try that. zest it too you
7: know it's not just the pulp or the juice or so puree. how, how
2: did, what did you guys do with strawberries with this Berlin device?
7: so this was um uh some this was a little uh little less than a pound per gallon oh, okay. of uh, of strawberry puree um that had been flash pasteurized um i mean i'd love to work with with raw strawberries and natural strawberries too um, they 're a little messier, um, uh, but they 're awesome um, they 're a light fruit in terms of the flavor, and it takes a lot of them to get enough uh, strawberry flavors um, so this also has some guava as well, which I think um, actually works really well with the two um, so guava is a very intense fruit, and you you learn that depending on which fruits you use you know some of them are on the you know you take a lot you know of, of your stone fruits, your mango, your nectarine, peaches It takes a lot of strawberries to get a flavor addition. You're more your berries, you know, raspberries, um, blackberries, um, cherries, guava. These other fruits have a lot more kind of you know bang for the buck. So pairing those two together, I think works really well here.
3: Can I, can I ask a question about fruit beers from you guys? A technical question: Is it more difficult to do? I mean, this probably is obvious, but to do fruit beers on a larger scale, you know, with the consistencies of like the sugars and the fruit and it being a live product and bacteria. I mean, I feel like there's so many factors that. I mean, versus
2: what—about doing a small batch or a large? Yeah,
3: batch? like just that. You know, it's it's just something. T- for as far as consistency, it's got to be really tough to produce fruit beers on a huge scale if you're using actual live product. Or like yeah, live for
4: us, it's uh, it's always been something we're a little bit scared of scaling up fruit beer when you uh, lose control once it goes out into distribution. So, we've never really done a large-scale distributed fruited.
7: Beer. yeah it can be tricky I mean you know if you're if you're not fully you know if you haven't fully attenuated there's still sugar left in there and if it's bottle condition that can be uh, not a good thing um, scaling it up might be difficult and stratification if you're
8: trying to do a 200 barrel batch and you fruit it and you, then you keg it off you're going to get different levels of fruit in there unless you find some way of like recircing or whatever to keep the fruit in suspension so definitely it's a problem
4: yeah I haven't heard of a ton of breweries that are doing fruited beers at significant scale who aren't using extracts. Or oh, using
3: extract, Got it. Yeah.
2: So what about something like a Ballast Point like pineapple? That's yeah. extract.
3: Well, they won't officially say Right?
4: Okay, <laughs> I, think, I didn't know no, no, that I'm they went saying, in like, <laughs> Oh, the secret's out. Oh,
3: shit. I'm just saying the official position has been...
6: I mean, there's extracts and, and, there's, and there's juices and there's purees and even even something like, you know, on a, on a smaller scale, uh, you know, on a homebrewing level, using purees is a, is a great way of using real fruit. You know flash pasteurized so it's you know or in and or frozen or you know these things that they can get a better consistency that you might be able to get the product over
2: and over and over and but that's not cool but tell me what make this strawberry berlin Weiss sound sexy to me because it tastes good I am the strawberry
7: Berliner rice. <laughs> I love to be in your mouth. All right, I'm stop. It. You know, the reason
2: I brought up fruit, fruit, and especially in IPAs, is I was skeptical at first. But like the Victory Agave IPA with grapefruit, I liked it.
3: Yeah, and I mean you're playing up a lot of those flavors, and hops have fruit lean, yeah. lean towards fruit flavors anyway, and it's association with what we're used to, so it just seems like a natural extension. And if it's done well, I say more power. You know, this yeah. is killer, and so. Again, just like anything, if it's done it's well, it's done same, well. Yeah. I was I was totally it's, not, it's the not. same
8: thing, yeah. It's like, especially with the hop shortage these days, get some fruit in there that have the same notes as the hops, accentuate the fruit and the hops together, and <clears throat> it's a
7: win. The Belgians have been doing it for a little while, so I think it's okay, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, to nothing, do it. It's nothing <laughs> new.
8: Belgians have been doing it, Germans have been doing it, Polish people are doing it with syrups. Um it's nothing new Let, let's
2: do a Boston versus New York thing. So, oh, okay. Oh, man. Well, no, it's going to be a general
3: question So, Sam, Jack, can you play Jay-Z?
2: So, we go up to Boston yeah. and you know, we're we're hanging out with you and we want to kick back and drink something other than Jack's Abbey What what are, what are some breweries and beers that that you like to drink when you're up in Massachusetts?
4: Um, you know, Night Shift is doing some really awesome stuff. Trillium just built a new brewery. They are making some P- a thumbs really, up. really, really awesome beer. Yeah. Um there's a, a really fun local brewing scene that's really starting to kick ass up there. Um but at the end of the day, I'll probably go back to a you know, a guy who's been there what seems like forever now, Cambridge Brewing Company, a brew pub in Cambridge that's got a, I don't know when they opened, but I was probably like seven years old. <laughs> and um they have a good lager too. They, they have a lot of great beer. They actually, uh, their Pilsner, they come and pick up yeast from us every month. So uh, we have a, a strong affinity for their pills. Um, but, yeah, you know, they brew great beer and probably some of the the best beer on the East Coast. I That's think.
2: a great recommendation. And, gentlemen, uh, pop one more of your KCBC. Sure. And you guys tell me, so, Pete, when you are kicking back in New York, I know you worked at a lot of breweries. What what's a beer that you'd you'd recommend to our listeners? Oh god, putting me on the
8: spot here. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> damn it! It's not it's not a marriage. <laughs> it's not a lifetime choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: one you had the other day. I don't
8: know. Really, Brooklyn Lager's pretty solid. They're making it down here in Brooklyn now too. Like, <laughs> but there's
6: a million beers I drink. It depends on the mood. Depends on the weather. But, I mean, we just drank. Uh, you know, Greg down at Threes is making killer beers, and his Pilsner. I mean, pizza. Like, just, I forgot about just, that. Just knocks it out of the park. <laughs> like, I'd love I love that back, beer. Threes
2: Pilsner.
7: <laughs> it's a good one. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's crushable. It's it's you know. I mean, again, we're we're uh, we're talking to lager brewers here, so I'm sure they. Well, know. I tell
2: you, when I walked in, one thing about Roberta's is they have some great beers on draft, and we walked in, and Tony greeted me. He had a picture of the Threes Liette, Pilsner, and. uh yeah. I guess everybody likes Pilsners these days. Yeah,
6: so let's hope so.
2: And so Sam and Tim, so now you guys are coming to your, tonight. Actually, after the show, if you're listening live, you guys are going to be at what Hops Hill. We will be. Come on, Tim.
5: We will be. Yes, we'll be there for mass. Uh, and you're six, right near Justin's at
2: house, and it's kind of easy in Clinton Hill. And yeah, no, Justin, great. I know Justin's going there after the show.
3: <laughs> Let's just go to Justin's house, viewers or listeners. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah.
2: And then <laughs> and then you have other things. Tell us the other events you have happening in New York. Uh, yes, city. we'll
5: be at uh, As Is tomorrow night, and that's in uh, Hell's Kitchen. So we're definitely excited for that. So going to have a few beers on there, and then um, Thursday night we'll be at uh, Judia Punch up in Astoria.
2: And then what by May you're gonna be like, fully uh, yes, in the, uh, the
5: first week of sorry, the second week of May right after CBC, uh, the week of May ninth, uh, we'll, we'll have the full lineup out. So um, doing some of these launch events to get some stuff out there, get some exposure, kind of get the idea of like what the full so, brand so you guys is. I know
2: so KCBC, they're brand new they're they're still gonna get the brew open. But for you guys, you know you started in two thousand eleven in Massachusetts, what's it been like you going to different states and 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 you know what's your approach?
4: It's, uh, it's interesting. When we started out, we didn't approach it differently. Uh, and we had so much success in Massachusetts, we just said, let's do the same thing. And we found we need to be a lot better at what we do as we go farther from home. There's a, there's a strong pull to local. And just when you're there, you're part of the community. You know where you should be selling. It's, it's a lot easier when you're local. Uh, it's a lot easier to make a connection directly to the people who are buying your beer, too. Uh, so now, as we've kind of learned from this a little bit, the the idea for us is to be a lot more focused on what we want to build. We want to build house lager into a real, everyday lager that anybody who enjoys a golden lager will have in the rotation. And Hopponius Union, the same way, into a beer anybody looking for a beautiful hoppy beer is ready to, you know, think about and pull. So that, you know, it's it's hard getting away from home and losing control. We, you know, we have a very close relationship with our distributor who is literally a block away from us in Massachusetts. And uh, having when you, the farther away from home you are, you, the farther away you send your beer, the less control you have over it. And the more work you need to do at being good at every little step of the process from brewing great beer, packaging really great beer, and uh, making sure it's sold in a responsible way. Great, man. Welcome
2: way. to New York City, and, and good luck. And definitely, if, if you're listening live, check out Hop. so If you don't, check it out tonight. You're not listening live. Hopsill and Clinton Hill, which is uh, it's like Fulton Avenue right near Waverly. It's a great place, great beer bar. And you guys starting up, what's this next beer? I, I know it's I a little hoppy. Pete as a great brewer, and I know Tony and Zach, you guys are great home brewers. So what is this beer?
7: Uh, so this is a, an IPA, in case you can't smell it. Um, it's hoppy, um, and it's also hoppy. So uh, this is um, about six six one. It's a little on the lighter side of the IPA spectrum in terms of ABV. Um, a big, um, uh, sorry, bittering edition of Chinook um, and then a, and, and a little bit of Simcoe, just because that's all I had left. And then a big late edition of... Uh, it's a good IPA.
2: Let's jump it <laughs> A Zaka, <laughs> I want, uh, Sam, you guys ask these new guys, new kids on the block a question, and then, Zach, you're going to ask Sam a question about...
4: Are you guys going to distribute your beer, or is it all going to be uh, sold right out the front door? Um... Some of both.
6: Um, most of it's going to be distributed. We'll self-distribute. Um, great thing about New York State is we can self-distribute up to, I think, 60,000 barrels. Um, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to focus on the five boroughs here uh, at I can't
2: see how you could distribute more than 60,000 barrels. <laughs> yeah, I,
6: I mean, that's starting a whole other business. So, um, yeah, we'll self-distribute. Um, we're going to have kegs going out to bars and restaurants. Um, we're going to have a taproom space in the brewery here in Bushwick where we're going to Um, We're going to have crawlers, uh, nice big 32-ounce cans to go of anything we have on draft. Um, We're going to be canning sometime this summer, um, so we'll be getting um, beer that people can come to the tap room and uh, buy six packs or four packs or cases uh, of beer to go. So, um, yeah, look out for us in the, the five boroughs uh, this All right,
2: summer. You guys ask uh, one last question. Sam. Uh,
7: so, Sam, you, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at these cans, and I've, I've seen your beer in bottles before. How, when did you guys start canning? Was that a, um, an easy decision? Was that a hard decision? Was there any logistical concerns about that?
4: Yeah, so we just started canning earlier this year, um, and the biggest consideration was space uh we just built a brand new brewery we are happy to have a whole bunch of space now and without that it just wouldn't be feasible to bring in five different skews of cans and and go after it yeah great and you want to ask one more question of these guys
3: uh, yeah, can I pre-order that strawberry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. I'll do a pre-order for that it one. It was great. Thank you very much. We're actually
7: going to be offering some CSB memberships. Uh, keep an eye on our website. Oh, what's the membership is? thing?
2: Cool. You guys sent us crib notes, and I said, yeah. I'm not, you have to tell me what's in your okay. crib notes. No one so, ever yeah. sent crib notes before,
7: Ann. Well, you know, uh, we try to be prepared. Uh, so uh, we're, we're um, uh, it's a community-supported brewery membership, so what, the way it works is you're going to um, pay up front a um, you know, very reasonable rate, and you're going to get beer throughout the year, um, including 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 um, crowler fills, uh, discounts on merchandise, special events, things like that. Be able to pre-order beer for special releases um, like the Strawberry Guava Berliner Weiss when it comes out. So
2: keep an eye out. And I'll tell you, a big plug for Roberta's, the home here of Heritage Radio Network, and they have great beers on draft. I mean, they came in today, had a whole farm set. The other half, we had the Threes Pills. And uh, keep up the good work, guys. And if, if you're a listener, if you want to come check out our show, we're pretty much every Tuesday at 5 p.m. You're welcome. You know, Email us, jimmypotsandpans at gmail.com. You're welcome to come and sit in on the show. We've got some friends that have done that from Sweden and England, uh, and you always can. And in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Zach, Pete, Tony, Sam, Tim, and Ann for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Side and Justin Kennedy, and engineer extraordinaire, Jack Insley. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yeah!
1: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio.